Hello and welcome to East to West WLS, the podcast where we support the bariatric community with humor, humility, and honesty. I'm April and I'm the West. And I'm Jason and I'm the East. And today we are joined by one of our most special guests, Jason's wife, Sarah. Hi. So the reason that Sarah is joining us today is because she just had her consultation for her own bariatric surgery, and it is with Jason's surgeon, and Jason today is celebrating his one-year surgery anniversary. Oh my god. Jason made a video today that shows his progress, and if you guys haven't seen it, it's on our Instagram feed. It is amazing. I mean, dude, when I saw that, I was just like, oh my god, you really saved your own life. You know, I mean, when you see those before pictures, oh my God. Well, and it wasn't until it got brought to my attention and some of those, the difference in like how swollen and purple my nose was and around my face, just the lack of oxygen that my, that I was starting to get to my extremities, just because of the fact that, you know, my weight had gotten to a point that my blood vessels and things were constricting and literally not letting blood flow go where the places where they needed to go. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, and you even pointed out like my, like you said, like, look how like purple my nose was. I mean, yeah, you were, you were dying. You were dying very slowly and yeah. you made the decision to kind of save your own life and not very many people can act as their own lifeguard, but. No. Yeah, no, did. definitely. It, it, it worked out for me to be able to go to the appointment today to actually become face to face with my surgeon because a lot of you guys know once you're done with the surgery, the surgeon dips out and you're talking to the PA most of the time. Yeah. And this is the first time I've literally come face to face with him, except for one just kind of in the hallway brief, you know, saying hi yeah. in between appointments that I had. But yeah, for me to be able to tell him what it meant to me for what he did for me and tell him that he actually saved my life really meant the world to me, even though, you know, like most, you know, bosses do, he shrugged it off and told me that I'm the one that did the work. Yeah. He just did what he always does. But, you know, for me, it, it meant a lot to me to be able to tell him what he did. So. Well, and I would imagine too, like if you were a surgeon, it has to be uplifting to actually see your patients a year out, right? And to really, to be able to visualize and understand just how transformative somebody's life has been since the last time that they saw you. And that's not a luxury that it sounds like they get at all, just based on conversations we've had with other surgeons about the experience in the U.S. It just doesn't happen. Yeah, not, it's very rare that you get to actually come back. It, that's why I took my, my opportunity to to kind of give him his props while I had the chance and I showed him a little yeah. before and after picture you know and the comparison pictures the couple of the comparison pictures I had and he was stunned he was blown away he was yeah. just you know telling me you know what what great progress I had made and the fact that 171 pounds down in a year is 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 major progress that he's not used yeah. to seeing so that was pretty cool Yep, absolutely. Okay, so today's conversation is really going to center around two big areas. We really want to reflect on what your year has been like, Jason, because we all know that uh, it is a year. The first year after surgery is crazy. And then Sarah, we're so excited to also learn about your own bariatric journey, kind of why you decided to, to go this route and what, you know, what seeing Jason and what living with Jason has been like, and then just kind of like, you know, your, your thoughts moving forward as you kind of, as you really start your journey. So it's gonna be it's gonna be a good conversation. Are you guys ready to dive in? Sure. Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> okay, Mr. Smith, let's start with you. 
so so one year when you really reflect on one year and actually i think i'm going to do this differently i want you to think about this about your year but sarah i really want to know what this has been like from your perspective what has this year been like for, for you as jason's wife right mm -hmm. and, and as a family member and just you know being witness to what has transpired for him this past year it has been um like it's really been a whirlwind it really has um you know i was really scared at first because mm -hmm. jason is super stubborn i'm sure you've learned that about him now he does things his way um and never saw that and no. I was really I was really worried because, um, you know, it's not like this is the first thing he's tried to lose weight. And, you know, uh, usually it's just like, I'm not going to do that. I'm doing it this way. You know, the doctor would make suggestions for like diet changes and stuff. And he's like, I don't eat that. <laughs> so <laughs> we're not even entertaining that. Like, and I remember one time and I was trying to explain to him, like, you're bullying her, like at the appointment, because oh. she's trying to like give him this diet. And he was like, I will eat baked chicken and green beans and finally she was like fine if that's all you're gonna eat eat the baked chicken and green beans like if that just if that's all you're gonna eat for the rest of your life fine i'm done arguing because she was like trying to explain like you need some variety if you try to do it that way you're gonna get tired and you're gonna go back to eating the old way you know and he was just like no yeah. this is what I'm, like, I'm gonna eat on that list hmm. um and so i was really really afraid you know for that but um, one thing that was really cool is he kind of took all of that stubbornness and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do it my way and applied it to, um, you know, the, the, pro the process. Mm -hmm. And so like, he's been like religious about like, I can't eat that anymore. Mm. Uh, I'm yeah. not going to do this. I'm not going to do that. Um, it's funny though, because like through part of his journey, I have realized how much I've neglected myself mm. because I worried about him. And it wasn't until he started losing weight and he started getting more active. And then like, all of a sudden I was noticed he can walk further than me. He can walk faster than me. Like, oh my gosh, maybe I really need to take a look at what's going on with me because before it had gotten to where it was like in reverse, I was always having to slow down and let him catch up. And uh, so it was a time like we were working in the yard last summer and I was like, I'm taking all these breaks and he's still going, you know? Oh. And I was like, what, what, what is happening? <laughs> this is like um, the twilight zone. <laughs> yeah. And so it's, you know, that, that was really kind of like, I realized how much time and attention I had spent trying to make him do what he was supposed to do. And like, once I didn't have to do that anymore, um, it really gave me an opportunity to kind of like look at myself and like what was, you know, like my behaviors and what were, what was going on with me, what I needed to change. Um, and, um, but you know, like it's, it, it hasn't been perfect overnight either. Um, nope. cause like, honestly, we just got a fight earlier about vitamins. <laughs> um, because <laughs> very understandable. I mean, bariatrics in the house are going to fight about those things. Yeah. I mean, well, because I set everything up for him. Like when he first had, it's like, I went to like the three different stores to make sure I mm -hmm. got all the brands and the right things. And I put it in like everything organized. And so at some point the list of like his prescription meds and the vitamin meds has gotten lost. And I'm like, well, I'm not recreating that list. Mm -mm. So you're, I will help you reorder everything, but you're going to create the list. 
And he wouldn't do it. It's just one of those things where he's stubborn. It's been like, he's like, I've been out of vitamins for two months. And I'm like, where's the list? Or a better question, do you have legs that function? Can you drive your ass to the own to the store and get your own damn vitamins? That would have been my question. But yeah, you know, I mean maybe. Yeah. <laughs> but so where he's gotten like so much better about like taking his, you know, responsibility and like mm-hmm. really owning this is his like he still has some of that behavior that like creeps in. So like I have to also at the same time kind of like keep my foot put down because I know. When I, like, when I go through this, I have to be my own priority. Yes. So it's like, we're going to do it together, but we each also have to be responsible for ourselves. And that's going to be a big thing to learn. Um, Cause I, t- like, I'll tease them all the time. Cause they'll tell me like, I don't know how to do that. And I'm like, oh, but you know how to do it. If it's something you want, you know? Um, so he will tell me all the time, like he can't pay a bill. But hmm. we have this ridiculous fancy alarm system with cameras and all kinds of crap that I think is unnecessary. So it's amazing when he wanted that, I didn't want it. He figured out how to get it set up, how to get all the cameras installed, how to pay for that. I don't pay the bill. He pays the bill. It's amazing. <laughs> it's just, it's like they know how to do everything. They just yeah. choose to not. Hmm. And yeah, so that's kind of where we, what we're, what we've really been learning to do what we've been learning to do is like still do things together where we're separately responsible I think Mm -hmm. well and I think really what you're highlighting a lot of really important things that people I think who are not yet in the process or maybe in the thick of the process come to realize is that personal responsibility plays a huge role in in your recovery and that our roles in a relationship after bariatric surgery, I think tend to tend to change. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, as one person becomes healthier, it makes or forces the other person in that relationship to kind of reflect on their own decisions and their own choices. And I think that's why you see so many people after bariatric surgery getting a divorce, right? Mm-hmm. Because it really does strain or put pressure on a relationship. And if pressure is already there, it's going to be a big uphill battle, right? And and I don't look at you guys. I've, I've, I mean, obviously, I don't know you personally, personally, but you know, your relationship wasn't straight before then. So the fact that you're you're encountering this now, you guys are going, oh, wait a minute, oh, this is this is interesting. Or things have changed, things have shifted. This is a different dynamic, and I didn't understand, you know, the role that I was playing or the role that you were playing, right? You're having these conversations yeah. that are really forcing you to take a, a deep look at your relationship, and it's changing some things. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like it's not necessarily for the bad, it's change for the good. Right, right. And it, it, yeah. it's different. I think part of it is like, you know, we actually did the the um, pre-marital counseling before we got married, granted that was 20 mm-hmm. years ago. Um, but then also, you know, since I'm a therapist, and, you know, I just kind of like look at things and see things a little bit differently. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I, I can parallel like what, we're going through and like what I'm experiencing to what I do, like when I work with families that are in addiction, mm-hmm. um, because it's very, very similar and everything revolves around the addict in those family roles. And so like everything in our family revolved around Jason and his diet and his health before, and just trying basically, like you were saying, like trying to keep them alive. Yeah. Um, and, and I remember a lot of fights over the years, like, you know, fine. Just 
increase your life insurance. And I would like storm out of the room because that was my like dramatic, like he would know I'm serious, but it was like, you know, it wasn't just for him. It wasn't just his weight. Like his blood pressure was also like ridiculous. Yes. Um, I mean, just ridiculous. <laughs> yes. Yeah. He talks about it often. Yeah. Like, but I remember one time we went, he was feeling bad and I'm like, you need to go take your blood pressure. And his arm was like so big that it wouldn't fit in the machine. Mm. And I was like, just do it on your, um, oh yeah. Arm, because they've done that at the doctor when the thing wouldn't fit. And so he put his forearm in the machine. It was like 211 over like a hundred. And so, I mean, it was just like astronomical. Yeah. And I was like, I think we need to go to the ER. And he called the the guy over and um, the guy was just kind of like, um, like, oh no, that's not right. You would be dead. But then yeah. he still felt bad the next day. And it was yeah. really like 215 over a hundred and whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was just, it was ridiculous. And that was really yeah. how he was walking around. Yeah. Um, well, and it's, you know, and I think yeah, we, we, we've talked about it before, you know, publicly, we, we talk about it privately all the time, you know, this thing about, you know, the, the body positivity movement or body neutrality, right? Like, well, we, we all want to be okay with the size that we are, but when our larger size really impacts our health, we have a decision to make. And many of us in this community, we, I mean, we all personally can share stories about how we have tried everything under the sun to live our lives at a healthy weight and it just doesn't work. So bariatric surgery is kind of like, well, this is the one thing that I haven't tried. And then once you kind of get to where we are in our recovery, it's like, oh my God, I can't believe I didn't do this sooner because this is how I live at a healthy weight, but this is how I prolong my life, right? This is how I reverse these metabolic syndromes that would lead to a very catastrophic end for me. Uh, and it's, it's the reason that, that, you know, we do what we do on, on East to West, but yeah, I mean, just seeing his transformation since the time that I've known him is, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, it's just, it, it's two different people. So my friend, what, what, what are your personal reflections on a year? What, what are you kind of like realizing, or what have you come to know about yourself? I looked at it like the first, the first couple of months is, is kind of like, trying to walk in the sand you know you realize like you're trying to get the weight out like you're, you're trudging around trying to kind of get back to normal and then once you realize you know once you really start feeling back to normal then it's like at that point in time everything kind of starts to pick up and it goes a little faster and faster so it feels like the last six months has only been about two or three months long because I mean, it's just like every month you look and you're like shit it's already been eight now it's nine now it's ten now it's a matter of fact now i'm at a year like, I just feel like we were talking about my eighth month and now I'm at a year already. Yeah. And I just feel like the more you get going, the more, like you're, like, like we saw with the honeymoon phase, all the weights flying off and everything's going great. And you're really learning a lot about, you know, your convictions and how you can, you know, really, you know, just kind of drive yourself to do a lot more than you ever thought you could. And then you get to the point where you start working out or adding any kind of exercise and stuff to that. And it's just all this stuff that you've never done before or had done in a long, long time. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you start getting a lot of the old nostalgic feelings and things back about how you used to feel. And now you think back, I, hell, I think back and I don't know that I've felt as good as I feel now in probably 20 years, 22 years, 23 years, I would say with just the ability that I have to, to move around and do stuff. Like this morning, mm -hmm. I pulled up to the front when it was time to go to her appointment. 
and we're used to just pulling up front and valeting the car because my big ass doesn't want to walk from across the street where the parking garage <laughs> is because if I can't find a spot in the first row, then I'm done. Yeah. So I thought about it, and I had to park in the very back corner, far back corner of the parking garage, but I dropped her off at the door and was like, I'll be right back. So I parked the car and, you know, proceeded to mall walk my six foot four ass, like full leg extension back inside the building, you know, across the street, you know, down thing back up inside the building, which is a good four or 500 yards. Mm. And I did it at a, at, I mean, a damn near at a job. Yeah. And by the time I got in the building, I wasn't out of breath. I wasn't nothing. I was able to walk right next to her, pick up and have a conversation with her to the top, sit down and do what I had to do with no issue and normally just walking from the curb where the car drops off to the front door which is about 20 yards i'd be completely out of breath by the time i made it in the front door yeah so just just being able to do that alone was a milestone in in my movement capability well and you couldn't have done that last year like last year so like his you know your surgery was a year ago today so mm-hmm. same hospital, same surgeon's office. Like he could not have made that walk mm-hmm. last year. Yeah. And so the fact that he did it at a jog today is just amazing. Um, it is. Yeah. Like I was almost like kind of getting a little teary eyed. Like, cause this, well, cause you know, you kind of see it like just kind of, and it wasn't like a full out run, but just like even that little sprint thing, I was just like, oh my gosh. And yeah. it was, so, it was just kind of like how I was talking about like, sort of like the old behavior stuff comes back and when he was like because we got out thinking we were going to valet and so he comes back by and he was like they're not cleared to valet i have to go park and i almost for a second was like i need to get back in the car because i was worried about him making that walk by himself so it was like almost like that old thinking like he can't walk that far by himself and what if something happens i need to be there to call 911 like that was always my thought wow and so it was just like a split second i started to be like oh i gotta get the car and i'm like oh i don't have to get the car like i can just go to my appointment like i don't have to try to constantly protect and monitor him and so that's a behavior change for me hey guys it's april retreat drinks hot cacao is my absolute favorite warm beverage not only is it decadent and creamy but it's actually healthy for you did you know that cacao has over 40 times the antioxidants of blueberries 40 times antioxidants and sort of free radicals, which cause cell and tissue damage. And we are on a mission to live our best lives. Retreat drinks is something that I incorporate almost daily into my life to make sure it's the best. You should definitely check them out. Visit their website at retreatdrinks.com and use the code east to west for 20% off your first order. Happy sipping. Well, and it's just amazing. I mean, again, we, we've t- talked about this, I think on several podcast episodes now, but you just don't realize the impact that your weight is making on all facets mm-hmm. of your life until that weight is gone. And you don't realize the impact your weight is making on other people's life until your weight is gone. And it's not that you, like you said, you would have never consciously have known what was going through your mind when he was heavier until all of a sudden, until that moment today, until you realized, yeah. oh my God, I don't have to walk with him. And it seems like such a, it, like walking is natural and normal for humans, but yet when you're at a heavy weight, it's not natural and normal. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's something that gives you a moment of panic because you don't know if he's going to pass out or, you know, if your right. friend, your wife, your whatever is going to pass out from walking. Mm-hmm. 
right? Yeah. Like the, yeah. our weight so impacts our mobility in ways that we just don't understand. And I think what also makes weight so dangerous is it really does cloud our vision and it clouds our ability to think rationally about the impact that it's having, right? Mm. Because it's just, so, it, it's so clouds and fogs our rational brain and thinking that we just can't, we just can't get there. Yeah. Wow. So I remember an appointment like where, you know, cause it was the weight and it was the blood pressure. And I remember, cause we have the same primary care doctor too. So we mm. usually go, you know, go together or whatever, but I go to his appointments when he's not telling the truth. Um, <laughs> but I remember her saying that appointment and telling him like that he was like super, super high risk for a stroke. And that and it, then he could have a stroke at any time. And the worst case scenario of the stroke that he was going to have would be that he would not die, but instead be permanently debilitated. And, you know, like that was just something he could not hear at the time. And so I think oh. that's a lot where a lot of that fear stuff came from because I'm like, anytime I'm not hovering or watching, mm. Like the stroke could happen and he's going to die. Yeah. And yeah. So it was, it's kind of always been a, I don't know, just a lot of, a lot of just fear and anxiety the last few yeah. years, um, just really in about anything that any move that he makes. Yeah. Um, so what, what has it been like for you guys to not have that fear now uh, in your lives? I never let it bother me to that fact because I couldn't think of it that way. Mm -hmm. If I thought about it that way, I, I really don't know. I mean, because in my case, I didn't really feel like I could change any of that. I just was like, I mean, you know, I can't fix it. So I'm just going to not worry about it. Yeah. And but like but that's also, but I mean, sorry, bullshit. No, no, because because well I, I, I understand what you're saying but that also was the reason that you no. went to bariatric surgery appointment for the first time yeah, no, because 100%. you you knew you, you didn't want to admit it but you no. rationally understood it oh yeah but, but my thing was like you know the high blood pressure because they would always be like oh my god you know how did you get to the er today and i was like yeah. i drove my car and they're like what do you yeah. mean you drove and i'm like i drove like they're like, you're not even should be able to stand with blood pressure like this. And I'm like, but I was fine. Like I was working. Like, yeah, I felt a little off. Like I knew something was out of balance. Yeah. But I was not debilitated in any way, shape, or form. Like I walked in my car, I knew where I was, I knew how to get there. Like, yeah, okay, but but you were debilitated because you couldn't walk, you know, 500 feet. You know, what? you 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 were. You just didn't yeah. want to fully admit it, right? But well, that's but, addiction, but I, right? But, I mean, but I, I could I compartmentalized all that stuff though because yeah I was fat yeah. as shit, but my blood pressure wasn't keeping me from walking. I was because I was fat. He had high blood yeah. pressure before he got fat. So if he lost weight, he was still gonna have high blood pressure, which he probably will compared to me because I still even though at my weight my blood pressure is low. Um, so yeah, he will probably still have kind of high blood pressure, but he yeah. will not like stroke level high blood pressure on five yeah. blood pressure medications at the same yeah. time you know yeah yes well and i would just i guess i would just imagine that that worry and that fear takes up a lot of space in a relationship and it takes up a yeah. lot of space in an individual's just sense of who they are and to mm -hmm. 
finally kind of have the evidence that, oh, I don't need to worry about this. This worry doesn't need to take up space in my life anymore. Uh, you know, it, it, it can be freeing. And I think that's what a lot of people experience after surgery. Like all of a sudden, like you and I, Jason, talk about this all the time. You know, we got to this point in our recovery where we went, oh my God, I have so much free time. And you're trying to figure out like what has changed. And what's changed is that now you don't have to worry about all of these things that you were actually really worrying about before that was related to your weight and was related to your health. Yeah. Yeah. The biggest thing, the biggest thing for me, the, the really the, the times that it would strike me the most about how hard shit had gotten would be when like I needed my, my legs and, and feet were swollen so bad that I had to put compression socks on, but I was too big to put them on. Mm. So I'm laying back and she's having to put the yeah. compression socks on or she's having to cut my toenails before she can put the compression socks on because I had, you know, it looked like I could grab a salmon out of the lake if I, <laughs> you know, was barefoot. And because I just couldn't reach my damn toes. I mean, we've all been there. We know what that's like. So, but having, you know, looking down and having somebody have to do that for you just because you're making terrible choices and refuse to change them was was a real big wake-up call for me because I would that those were the times that I would put it together what the doctor would say about stroke level and things like that because I'm like if I was to have a stroke and I was debilitated now I've put her on the hook for shit she didn't sign up for like nobody signs yeah. up to take care of somebody at 40 years old you know you're just making no. it halfway through your life and now you're going to spend the what's yeah. supposed to be you know some of the best parts of your life taking care yeah. of an invalid because I was an asshole and didn't want to stop eating. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, I, we get, yeah. I think everybody gets that. And it's just not, it just wasn't fair. No. So I, and I want both of you guys to answer this, but um, first from your perspective, how has your self image changed in this year? My self image has changed quite a bit because I, you know, like I've always said, I, I, for whatever reason, I wasn't smart enough to have self-confidence issues when I was walking around big as hell, because we all have that in our minds. When we see ourselves, we're not that big. Mm -hmm. So I knew that my sense of humor would carry me through any situation. And I knew that, you know, I'm, you know, not, not to sound like, a, you know, like an asshole, but I'm a generally likable person. I just can I can win people over kind of easy. Yeah. Because I just, I've always done that. So it's a Southern charm. That's it. So <laughs> I, I just didn't ever worry about how big I was unless I caught people staring at me because I knew, I mean, that's, that's when it would snap real quick. I would be like, Oh shit. You know, or if I was in a situation where there was a lot of people and I knew that I was in the way. Like being my mm. size, I always feel like I'm in the way regardless of how how fat or how skinny I am. But now that I'm getting smaller and I, I know I'm kind of getting back to my, uh, my kind of my lower weights that I've been in my life, mm -hmm. I've realized now that I've started, you know, I haven't really, I'm not dressing any different than I always have, but I'm able to buy things that aren't kind of geared more towards older big and tall people because that's all the big and tall people cater to is older people so I'm not you know rocking banded bottom polos and orthopedic mm -hmm. shoes or what I like to call unfuckable shoes <laughs> you just wear shoes when you've got them on people are going to be like what the fuck's going on over there <laughs> so you know now I've started buying you know I've bought a couple pairs of shoes that I really wanted that are you know that are new and nice and 
to the, the past three times I've gone to pick the girls up from daycare, I've noticed I've been complimented on the different shoes that I've been wearing. And that's the first time that's happened in probably 15 years. Because I used to never leave the house without a pair of shoes on that somebody would say something about. Gotcha. And then you get to you get to a point in your, you know, in your weight that you can't fit those kind of shoes anymore. And mm -hmm. you're stuck with some old people New Balance, and nobody gives a shit about New Balance. There's never been a pair yeah. of New Balance that people have been like, damn, those are clean. Like, not ever in the history of man. So <laughs> that, those kind of things I've noticed have been, have been kind of validating to me where I haven't had that in such a long time that I've kind of forgot how good that felt. So I'm kind of getting in trouble because not not that I'm doing like addiction transfer by any means because I'm not like running up credit card bills to buy shoes. Oh, I will cut you. But you know, <laughs> I did I did buy four pair of shoes over the past couple weeks, and I've, I've gone and got me a few more little polos and shorts and things. But the difference with that is, is with all of those clothes together would have only been like two outfits in the big and tall store, and yeah. now I've got like nine polos and like four pairs mm -hmm. of shorts and yeah. i'm still under what i would be if i would have bought three outfits at, at a big and tall store so. yeah. well and yeah, yeah. i mean two yeah. two reasons why i know that you're not going off the rails is because you you know what addiction transfer is you acknowledge it and you're aware of it and you live with an addiction therapist so <laughs> and she already said she will cut you which i absolutely <laughs> believe she will yeah you will end up as fish bait in in the atlantic sea my, my four pair of, of 60 dollars shoes are way different than the 300 dollars shoes i used to buy yeah back in the day so yeah had, yes. I, done, had I done four pairs of those yeah i wouldn't be talking yeah. to you no so Sarah, what, what have you noticed? How has Jason's self-image changed in this year? Um, you know, it's funny because it's kind of like how he said is that it didn't really, um, he didn't ever show that it bought, like that, that things bothered him, um, or that he was even concerned about it. Um, and so it's been more of me learning, um, how he was really feeling. And that, you know, that what, what he was kind of able to hide. And it's even weird too, like when I see pictures or it's mainly like videos from the other podcasts that he does. Mm. And um, I'm just like, I don't remember you looking like that. Mm -hmm. Like now, um, you know, at this weight, it's very obvious to me that he's lost weight and that he's thinner. Um, but probably like in the first, like probably 50 to 80 pounds, he still looked normal. Because it was almost like something in my brain didn't mm -hmm. see that last like hundred pounds of weight gain. Um, Cause he's really gained that. He gained like the last hundred pounds after we moved to Florida. Mm -hmm. And we both knew we were gaining weight when we first moved here. Cause we made the joke about like, we really need to redo, you know, like kind of change what we're doing because we're not on vacation. Like we live here and we can't keep vacationing because we're going to end up weighing like 500 pounds. Mm. it really almost happened mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so but it was like something visually like in my brain it didn't really let me see him like that mm. or in that in that way and um it, it was even like when he was talking about like his nose being purple or whatever um it was we were at um our, our dr v our pcp's office and she i don't know i think we have like we have to have blunt people in our lives because if they're not just like super straightforward with us, 
like it will just totally like we will just totally miss it because like i knew like he had that discoloration in his nose and like face and never really knew what it was like what it was never thought to ask what it was and the, she just said very matter-of-factly one day that it was gone because of his weight loss and then it was really because like the fat was constricting the blood flow and the circulation in his face. Whoa. Wow. And I'm just like, holy crap. Yeah. Yes. Um, like, oh, and, and it was yeah. kind of like when you said like it was his nose was dying. Like it was literally yeah. like he was his skin was dying. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. And you well, know, I just never. Yeah. Well, and it's just been interesting. You know, I mean, I've only known Jason for like a year now, basically getting close to a year. And, you know, he doesn't share a whole lot on social media the way that most people share. But it has been really interesting because I definitely see more and more of his personality being portrayed in what he does choose to share. And and I would absolutely agree. I don't think it it isn't anything new. It's just more of it right? It's more vibrant or it's more apparent. It's more obvious. It's more, you know, it's just there and it's not flamboyancy or it isn't anything like that. It's just like, oh, it, you can just see more of it now, yeah. which is ironic because it didn't, you know, the weight necessarily didn't have to have an impact on that, but it did. It just did. Yeah. It did in his physical ability. Yeah. Uh, and it was really like the physical ability is what impacted like the kind of the outgoingness. Yeah. But like I've always said, because like the people that I work with, they think I am a extrovert. Like I am super outgoing and I'm like, oh my gosh, no, if you met this guy. Oh. Um, and, and really like even our friends here, they're all like super, super extroverted. And so I guess I've learned to be extroverted because, you know, we've all been together for 20 plus years. Mm -hmm. um, but I have to recuperate from that. Like I have to go away and like recharge. He's the opposite. So like he gets done with these interactions, like when you guys are doing the interviews and he comes yeah. out and he's like, yeah, that was a great interview. And, blah, 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 blah. and then he's going to come talk to me about the interview for like another hour where I oh. would go to bed. And like, you're like, he's not going to be able to talk to me after this for at least 30 minutes. Like, I <laughs> but he's going to be super excited and wanting to tell everybody. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. These these things give me life. That's why I love doing this. And that's more like I'm. I can't. I'm so excited for the damn retreat. I can't stand it. Like I'm gonna be jazzed oh. up. And y'all are gonna have to be going back to the room and resting. I'm gonna be <laughs> there still glad yeah. and like fucking. Hey, that's gonna be all his energy. Like that is gonna like Perfect. charge him up for like three months. Perfect. Perfect. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be like an Avenger when I'm done. I'm just gonna be like. Ah! <laughs> All the energy, I'm just soaking up everybody's energy. Oh my God, it's going to be the best, the best. Hey guys, it's April. I don't know if you know this, but Gather Juice Company was our first podcast sponsor. And for good reason, they make some bomb ass juices. My absolute favorite is the Sunrise and the Pineapple Express. Night Vision and Goldilocks come in. A real close third and fourth. I also very much enjoy their smoothies. Pina Colada, top of my list. If you live locally in the Tacoma area, swing by their 6th Avenue location and try it for yourself. You're going to be hooked. Big shout out to Gather Juice. Thank you for your sponsorship. Okay, so the, the last question I kind of want to ask about this has to do with your marriage or with your 
your, you know, how you guys operate as a couple. So I don't, I definitely don't want to pry or be TMI, but has, how has your weight loss impacted your, your marriage kind of on, you know, a, an intimate level? <laughs> on sex life? Well, well, I mean, maybe not. I mean, marriage is more than sex, right? But right. has it, has it helped you maybe get closer as a couple? Has it, uh, has it highlighted some areas where maybe work needed to be done, you know, on, on an intimate level, on a marriage level? I mean, for the most part, it's helped a lot for, I can do a lot more to assist now than mm -hmm. I could before. So a yeah. lot of the fights about her being super stressed with working and, you know, helping with the kids and doing the stuff and having to do a lot of the housework and having yep. to mess with the yard and having to do all this other stuff. Like I've been able to actually step in and do those things now and take more of a role that I should have been taking, you know, all these years and just wasn't yeah. able to because yeah. I could walk more than five feet without trying to pass out. So, hmm. I mean, th those types of things, it it's helped quite a bit. And I would imagine post-op for her is going to improve sex life, you know, as far as that goes, because I mean, with her, with, with a lot of the issues that she's struggling with now with her health and things like that, it, you know, where I'm like jazzed up, ready to go. Like, shit, I'm, yeah. saying, I got shit going. Like, I'm ready, ready to get a popping. Like, she's like, yeah, but I still feel like I'm 90 on the inside. Like I still hurt like a motherfucker. So no, don't touch me. Like, get out. And I get it. Like, I, I totally get it. But, you know, and it's one of those things I know we're going to work on it and things are going. But as far as that goes, had it, you know, I still think it's better than it was a year ago. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Yeah, because a year, I, I'll be dead honest, a year ago, it was not physically possible. Yeah. I was Which, unaware that you could gain enough weight to not be able to to, to have sex. And I did that. I, I fully got to a point where I could not. I could not sexually function in an in you know so to speak a normal manner, yeah. And that was as much of a wake up call as that was for me before I was able to actually do anything about it. You know, I was like, well, that sucks, but I'll find a workaround. <laughs> and you know, you do, but it's still not it's still not you know near the same. But you know, it's just yeah. you try to tell yourself while you know before you're ready to actually take the leap and make the change, but. Yeah, it's definitely better than it was, but I think it will get even better than that, you know, post-op for her. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I don't, you know, I, I don't mean to make it a taboo subject. I don't mean to make it like, but it's, but it's, you know, it's such a, it's, it's a component of, of the human life. And when you're in a marriage, right, these big changes impacted on a ton of different ways. And if it wasn't for Jason, just honestly explaining to me, like, just, well, I wasn't able to do these things before. I would have never known. It's just not my experience. And yet mm -hmm. I think it's the experience of so many people in our community. And just the yeah. fact that we can have safe conversations about how it has shifted and changed, you know, gives hope or education or understanding to people that just didn't have that understanding before. It's oh, powerful. Well, because yeah. it's, like, you know, it's like we talk about, uh, you know, a lot. It's, it's one of those, you know, there's a lot of tough conversations you have to have with yourself pre-op, post-op, you know, during all this, you know, stuff, there's a lot of these conversations you've got to have that are really tough. And yeah. it gets even tougher, the more, depending on how you were raised, depending on how, you know, what type of marriage mm -hmm. you're in, as to how taboo you make those, those certain subjects. And there's people, mm -hmm. you know, that could just be, it doesn't matter how adult you get, that's still not something that you talk about. Yeah. So hearing somebody else come clean about the way they're feeling and things that they've gone through is going to help somebody else out there that may not have the freedom to talk about. 
And, you know, that's just one of those things. I'm an open book. You know me, I'll scream it from the rooftop. I don't care. Oh, I made the mistake one day. I asked Jason something along the subject and I was like, Okay. Oh, I'm. This is. Whew, whoa. That's you know, what yeah, like, you, me, and Dalton were talking about the man's yes, group. You were like, yeah. Like, what did you talk about in a man's group that you and me and Dalton were like, bo, 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 bo. And, and I was like, like, like oh, I was like, okay, so I would not be coming to any of these, but I'm glad that <laughs> I'm glad that they exist because, wow. Yeah. Okay, so but before before we shift the, the microphone mm-hmm. to Sarah, my last question to you, Jason, is what 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 piece of advice or what words of wisdom would you pass along to somebody who is thinking about having weight loss surgery now that you are a year out of your procedure? Absolutely, do not wait, do not hesitate, do not think twice. Uh, all the things you're thinking that you're scared of are nothing compared to what you're going to endure if you continue to live your life at an unhealthy weight. I would not change anything that I had done in my process with the exception of possibly doing it about five years earlier. Um, mm-hmm. But like I've said before, you know, on the podcast, I, I'm glad I did it at the time I did it because I don't know that I would have had the perseverance to go through it with the, you know, with the drive that I did this time. So I, I think everything happens on its own timeline for a reason. And I definitely, anybody that's thinking about it, just, you know, look at my product. Because my thing is, you're not going to find anybody that didn't have a second thought or a hesitation pre-op. But you find me somebody that, that wishes they hadn't have done it now that they're post-op, and then we'll talk. You know, I've been looking for a while and we still have, we found people that their recovery in their life after hasn't been exactly what they thought it would be. And we know people who are still struggling, you know, eight, nine, 10 months out, but they have yet to say, I wish I didn't do that. I have never heard somebody, yeah. even you and you and I know some people who are hardcore struggling and they still oh, yeah. are like, you know, this is my experience. But I, I'm, I'm not ready to say that I wish I had not done it yet. Oh, yeah. We know people three and four surgeries in post-op to repair oh. things that went wrong yeah. with their original surgery. And yeah. they still don't regret that shit. So mm. if you can make it through all of that stuff, that right yeah. there lets you know that, you know, it, 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 it's definitely a life-altering situation. And, it, and it's only altering for the better. Like, yeah. you may struggle. It may be rough during some times, but I promise you it's not near as rough as having to have somebody put your socks on or clip your toenails or make sure that you don't pass out walking to the car. Like mm-hmm. that, those, those things just don't, they just don't happen. No, no. All right. So, so for the people listening or the people watching, how, how much weight have you lost uh, at your one year mark? I'm 171 pounds down as of this morning. Wow. Uh, Overall total uh, since the time I began my liquid diet uh, when it started. Wow, that's in, incredible. In one year. And and I've kind of been at 171 pounds for about the past week, so I lost that before my year. So, okay, yeah. Awesome. Well, you you know how proud I am of you. You you are a rock star, and you you are uh, your honesty and your transparency is what keeps people going. So. I appreciate nice that. I, I told myself before uh, before I ever started this that I would be as, as transparent as possible because if I could only help one person 
make the choice to live at a healthier weight, whether it's with surgery or without, then I felt like I had done my my duty. And I think it's safe to say now that I've influenced more than more than one. I I would agree with that. Even I would if agree it's only that. two, it's more than <laughs> one. So. Oh God, I love it. All right, so Sarah. Like when people will like make comments on Instagram. Like um last night we were watching um two girls that went live. And they're like, you know, brand new, kind of like more in my situation, like getting ready to go through the surgery for the last time. And then they saw that he was on there and they were like, the Smithsonian. And they were like, oh, that's Jason from East to West. And, um, and then like, so they kind of did their thing. And then they like, like, were like thanking him, you know, like for coming and supporting like new people because he was like an ex, like, what do they call you? An expert, not an expert. I don't remember what they said, but basically they were just saying like, like, such such all-stars in the community for helping the newbies and i was like yeah and he was just like what i mean it was super cool like I, I was like you were so sweet like that's awesome that you guys think that like we're just i just wanted it i just was coming on to hang out and support it like that's awesome you guys are doing great like keep it up I, yeah yeah hey, we're, we're all in this together yeah i don't know if you read Brene brown or not but like she talks about like creating brave spaces um, and showing you, she's a shame researcher out of Texas. She's a social worker. It's my thing. She's my gene. Um, <laughs> but like, she talks a lot about vulnerability and, you know, leaning into like those uncomfortable conversations mm-hmm. um, and creating brave spaces for these conversations to happen. And so mm-hmm. I feel like that's what you guys do, mm-hmm. you know, together because um, you're both, in, you know, like just, I mean, you're both really good about just, saying what what it is and you're willing to be very open and honest and you know maybe you're going to ask a question to get an answer you weren't really like I didn't really want that much information but I'm gonna take it but um I mean I, yeah you guys are definitely encouraging other people to do that so well we you know Jason and I just always say we are amazed at the power of a simple conversation mm-hmm. right because for so long I, I feel like and I don't, I don't know why this shifted to be this way, but it's like people go into these conversations anticipating them to be confrontations, Mm -hmm. right? And it's like, no, 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 I'm not here for confrontation. I'm here for a conversation. And if it's going to go into a confrontation, then I'm going to bow out. I have the ability to say, you know what, this isn't going in the direction that, that, that I anticipated. I'm not prepared for this. I'm here for a conversation. So if we can pick this up again at a later time, I'm going to do that. And I can exit myself from what that is turning into, but you know, it's just, there's so much power in just asking a question and listening, Mm -hmm. right? Not anticipating, not judging, but just saying, I've asked something, I'm curious, and I genuinely want to know what you think. And once you say it, I can do with it, you know, what I need to do with it. And if I don't agree with it, that's okay. I don't need to agree with what you're saying. All I need to do is keep my ears open and my brain open to what you're saying because that's where this understanding happens. That's where this growth happens. That's where, mm-hmm. right, either I'm going to solidify my opinion, you know, my views, my beliefs, or I'm going to expand on them. Right. And it's how we learn and it's how we grow. It's how we empathize. Mm-hmm. It's, it's how we reach people. And yeah. if we want bariatric surgery to be as acceptable as a heart valve, you know, a new heart valve or getting a new knee or a new hip or taking insulin, then this is what we have to do. 
-hmm. And it's not comfortable at all times. It requires us to expose some things about our personal lives and our personal choices. And it opens us up to getting some vitriol. But, uh, you know, in the end, I can't, I can't undo this. I can't take back the choice that I've made. And I am very happy with the choice that, that I have made. And, and that's, that's all that we can do. Yeah. So as a therapist, I'm like a huge proponent for peer support. And that's basically what you guys are doing, like your peers. Um, yeah. And you're coming and you're sharing your experience, strength and hope with the next person. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, I, in my career, like I'm like, you know, definitely know the value of, of peerness. I, you know, promote it with other people. And, you know, you really do not understand how cathartic just being heard by someone that knows what you're talking about it's mm-hmm. you, like that that right there that's all you have to do and like mm-hmm. you're he, like you're helping people heal just mm-hmm. like that oh my god yes i remember that and you mm-hmm. can see um you know you guys like trans you know like almost like going back into that emotion and connecting with that emotion that they're sharing mm-hmm. and i mean that's really all you're you know you have like that is moving people so far forward Hey, it's April with East to West WLS. I don't know about you, but after I dropped a significant amount of weight, my body just didn't feel like my own and I needed help feeling like it was my own again. So I started receiving chiropractic care. If you live in the Tacoma area, I cannot recommend Grit City Cairo more. Dr. McKenzie is passionate about helping you feel, function, and live better. Check out her Instagram at Grit City Cairo or her website, gritcitychiropractic.com for more info and to book your first consultation. And if you mention East to West, you'll get a discount on your first visit. I feel amazing after seeing her and I think you will too. Mm-hmm. that one well, It's amazing to me. It is. I mean, and again, I, I, Jason and I are always blown away because this is literally, this is what, this is what we do. <laughs> when we get together with people, right? We do just like, because it's so true. It connects you back to your own personal experience and it kind of validates Oh yeah, that was why I did this. On days when you're just like, oh my God, I don't want to do this anymore, right? You see somebody or you hear somebody and you're like, oh, okay, yep, <sighs> yes, right? And it just makes you feel human again, right? I mean, Ashley um, said it so beautifully, right? These conversations help speak people back to reality. It gets you out of the crazy, it gets you out of the irrational and it gets you back to the rational, it gets you back to reality. And that's what we need more of, reality. Oh, 100%. yeah. Well, and really, Sarah, I mean, this is a perfect segue because like you're going through now your own experience with your peer, with your husband. Right. So did, did, you know, when Jason made the decision to have bariatric surgery, did you know that this was also in your future or was yeah. this something that you had never considered? No, I tried to do it first. Oh, um, I did not so, know this. Yeah. So I tried to do it first. Um, I had a different insurance. So I had my insurance through my job. He had insurance through his job. So my insurance did not cover it. It was like elective. My employer does not cover it. Um, so then I looked at some other options, like going to Mexico, things, because some of my friends had done that. At the time, he was like super against it, um, you know, and kind of put his foot down about the whole yeah. the whole thing. Um so I have several friends that have done it, you know, done it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I guess it was, he kind of got more information about it when I was trying to do it. 
And so I really think part of the reason he started really looking at it was to talk me out of it. Oh, too that funny. Was, that, that was before knowing Dr. Ortiz, of course. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. Um, our our well, position yeah, on, was, yeah, bariatric yeah, surgery this was abroad. Like three years ago. Yeah. Yeah, like wow, three years ago. Yeah. That's crazy. Uh, and really, he ended up talking himself into it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, it was kind of like, because uh, I remember the first time Dr. V brought it up, and uh he was just like uh no absolutely yeah. not why would you even talk to me about it? like yeah like he threw her out of you know like her own office yeah uh -huh. um but yeah so actually i was looking um I, I was looking and wanting to do it first i have several friends um that have had procedures over the years um so i had a friend that had gastric bypass gosh like probably 10 years ago Mm. Um, was really successful and I was like oh yeah this is what I want to do um, because I started having my weight gain and my my health well my weight gain started um, so when we had our youngest son who just turned 18 last summer um, I got my tubes tied and I went off birth control because I was a smoker and I was like I you know know that that like increases your risk of stroke and things like that so I'm going to get my tubes tied so I can go off birth control. I also have a really high risk for breast cancer. So, you know, it was weird because I'm like forward, like health thinking, but I'm like also doing things that are setting me back and I don't realize it at the time. Mm -hmm. um, so when I was off birth control, I found out that I had uh, polycystic ovarian syndrome, so I have PCOS, mm -hmm. um, and it was regulated through the hormones that were my birth control medication. So getting my tubes tied actually like kicked it into high gear. Yeah. And I started having all of these problems with my periods and with pain and with inflammation. And I was going to endocrinologists and specialists and that's like the prescription train started. Um, it was probably right before I turned 30. Um, you know, and um, well, actually, so when I was 28, they thought they were going to fix it by giving me a total hysterectomy. So I had a complete, I had a complete hysterectomy, um, cervix, ovaries, every uterus, everything when I was 28 years old. Because they thought this was going to fix the polycystic ovarian syndrome that was causing all these hormonal issues. So like now, fast forward today, oh, they know that doesn't fix it. But then you have people like me that they were like, well, we can try this. Um, because none of these prescription medications are working. Um, so, you know, of course, what happens after you have a hysterectomy, you immediately go into menopause and boom, more weight gain. <laughs> yes. Oh my goodness. Um, so, you know, probably at this point, I'm up to right under 300 pounds, like when mm. I was 30. Um, and then, so just over the years, so like today, um, I weighed 360 pounds at my mm. first consultation um, appointment. And so it, over the last 10 years, I've gained another 60 pounds. Um, mm. And this is through doing, you know, diet, exercise, injections, um, different prescriptions and, you know, all of that stuff, trying to keep, mm -hmm. um, trying to keep the weight off. Mm -hmm. So really 10 years ago was probably the first time that I was really considering it. Okay. Um, before the sleeve was, I don't even think a thing. Like most of my friends that got it back then, they just got gastric bypass yeah. or the lap band. Mm -hmm. um, and what kind of slowed me down then, it, because I guess I'm just really affected by other people's experiences. Mm. 
So I have a friend that had um, the lap band and her body like rejected it. Mm -hmm. So that's um, common. They had to remove it, but when they went in to remove it, she had adhesions like through all like her like basically they cut her open it looked like spider webs mm-hmm. and I was just and then she had a lot of pain um associated with all of that and I mean she's just really never health wise um even gotten back to as healthy as she was before she tried to have the weight loss surgery so that yeah. kind of frightened me from it again for a while um and then <laughs> And then um, I started having uh, several friends that started getting the sleeve procedures done. Mm. And so I think now I probably have, what, 10 people that I know, mm-hmm. like personally. Um, and they've, I mean, like everybody's done what, like you guys, like everybody's done well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so really that was kind of what, like three years ago, I'm like, okay, you know, I know multiple people that have had this. Nobody's had complications. Like, it's an easy procedure, you know, like well, I'm, I'm going to go for it. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, my insurance was like, no. <laughs> Which is, um, we don't care. Yeah. Yeah. Which is so frustrating. So frustrating. It really yeah, is. Especially, especially when you have so many people in your life who have successfully found a healthy weight and have been able to maintain it. And then you want to access that as well and and you get denied. So fast forward, you've you've changed insurance, it's you've been approved, you've had your consultation today. So knowing what Jason has gone through, knowing what other people have gone through, what are you anticipating are going to be kind of your your roadblocks or your barriers as you move through this process pre-op and post-op? What do you think is going to be uh, the areas that are going to give you the yeah, the, the biggest resistance? So I'm really nervous about, and this is part of the reason I chose the sleeve over like the full bypass. And I don't know if it really makes a difference or not, but um, because I, you know, they've alluded to the fact that I produce too much. What is it? Yeah. I like produce too much of that. So like, I'm really, I'm like hungry a lot. And so I know like having the sleeve procedure will kind of eliminate part of that. But Mm -hmm. at the same time, I still have a lot of hormonal imbalances and issues, um, you know, relate. And so I, and I know that that is what started the weight gain process to begin with. So Mm -hmm. I'm really nervous that it's not going to work or it's not going to work in the same way um, that it's worked for other people. Because Jason will say all the time, like, you know, he's like, I don't understand because you don't eat that like, you know, over the years and I eat a lot, like I eat large portions and then I do things like, you know, to kind of have controlled my weight that sort of set me up for failure. Um, Because like once I start eating, then I'm like starving. So I guess Mm -hmm. once I start eating, that's what makes that hormone start pumping. And so people are like, oh, have you ever tried intermittent fasting? And I'm like, Mm, I mean, basically, because that's how I've eaten for the last 10 years. So I don't eat all day. Mm-hmm. Like I'll literally not eat until like three or four o'clock. Yeah. So I'll eat late in the afternoon. I eat dinner yeah. and, you know, I go to bed. Um, yeah. So we actually watch a special. I, I follow the sumo wrestler diet, not intentionally, but <laughs> they eat late at night and then they go to sleep. Uh-huh. Oh my um, gosh. So like I worry about stuff like that, like kind of like space, like being able to like 
you know, space my food out throughout the day, making sure I'm drinking water throughout the day. Cause that's something else that Jason noticed and mentioned to me not that long ago. And he was like, you know, like you will carry like this cup, you will carry that cup around all day. And it's the same water, like from oh. eight o'clock in the morning until like after I'm like six or seven o'clock at night. And then yeah. he's like, and then you'll drink like two or three, you know, full glasses of water between like eight and 10 o'clock. And he's yeah. like, no one's going to be able to do that. No. Like you're going to have to learn to like spread it out. And I don't know why. I don't drink it throughout the day, but I, I think I'm drinking water. I'm yeah. like, that's how I drink is water. I carry, I have water with me all day long. It's right here. Yeah. Um, then he's like, you don't drink it. Yes. You're, you're, you're carrying it with you. You're not actually hydrating. Wear some yoga pants and some, and some workout <laughs> shoes and be like, man, I'm so active. <laughs> hey, um, been there, done that. <laughs> it wasn't until he mentioned it when I was like, oh my gosh, you're right. I do, it does take me all day to drink like the first glass. Yeah. And then I'll normally like get my, you know, get at least two or three glasses. And I have a hard time with a gallon. I always have. Um, but yeah, it's it's usually in like the last two hours of the day. Okay. I, well, when I mean, and drink water. <laughs> okay. Well, and you know that, I mean, and you know, just because you live with Jason, you know that all those things, they just have to change. There's, yeah. it's not even like a, maybe they'll change. No, no, no. They will change you. It's yeah. just just now how you are structured on the inside yeah so what, so what are you like super rigid in the beginning and like have an alarm for everything yes 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 yeah yeah I was gonna that was my next question like okay so you know how are you thinking ahead how are you gonna problem solve for these things you know mm -hmm. moving ahead and setting an alarm is yeah a perfect yeah. way to perfect way to do that yeah so what yeah oh yeah what what are you most uh, excited about? What what's just that thing that's like, oh my gosh, I just can't wait for this or to feel this way. So, I mean, of course, like the girl part of me, like I'm excited to not wear plus size clothes anymore. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I lost weight. Uh, we did Herbalife a few years ago, and so I lost weight. I'd gotten down into like a 16, um, which is the smallest I had probably been since before we had Jordan. So 18 years. Um, and I still have some of them. I saved them, you know, in the closet. So oh. that's one of the things is like putting those jeans back on, yeah. um, which I, then I'm hoping, uh, would be, will become too big someday, maybe. Um, and then the other thing is I'm just like really hoping, so I have chronic inflammation that's caused by sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, PCOS. that was one of the questions today. Like, well, what causes it? And I was like, sure. They know it's like, they've tested me for RA. They know it's not that. Um, but I have chronic pain. I have swelling. I have inflammation. And so I'm hoping that that goes away. Yeah. Um, like, that's another, like, autoimmune thing. Mm -hmm. So PCOS, I've learned, is the autoimmune disorder. Yeah. I didn't know that yeah. either. Yeah. And that, you know, they usually come in pairs. Um, and I know they've always said like the weight loss, um, will help with the PCOS. So I'm hoping if the PCOS improves then possibly the inflammation would improve, mm -hmm. um, because that's, that's one thing is I'm tired of hurting all the time. That is, I think a very common theme that a lot of people who are living in a health, uh, at a heavier weight 
yes, yeah. are looking forward to. And I mean, and Jason can attest to that and I can attest to that too. Mm-hmm. You, you really don't hurt as much because you're just not carrying around all that, all that excess weight. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, yeah. Just amazing. Well, and it's been interesting too, for me, because I, so I've lost over 120 pounds and I went from like a, a 2022 women's pant, you know, two, three X top. So now I'm in like a large, extra large. And I'm like, I think I'm a pretty solid 14 now. That's, that's about where I've landed. And it's been a joy. I think I still, I, plus size clothes just fit me better. I, I'm just a boxier human. They're just cut for me. I still enjoy that. And at first I was really bummed about that. I was like, man, I'm still like a plus size woman, mm-hmm. but at the same time, I'm not, it's a different mentality and I feel different in clothes and I look different in clothes. And I feel like I have the ability to dress in a style that I've always wanted to dress in. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's like, regardless of what that number is on the size, it's more about this feeling and this look and how I how I feel like I can portray, you know, myself and my sense of style in the clothes. So yeah, I, you're five, eight, five, nine, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I am a taller human. Yeah. Like that's about the size. So I'm, I'm like a 20, 22, um, COVID I've kind of creeped into the 24, um, area a little bit yeah. more, not all like, it used to be like any 22 fit and now it's like hmm. just the special 22s. Uh, oh yeah uh-huh. kind of like any 24 fits mm-hmm. um but yeah like so when we got together I wore I wore like a nine and I don't think that I will get back like I would be perfectly happy if I even if I don't get back to that so like yeah, yeah getting to where you are like a 14 and I've seen your pictures and I would be like ecstatic I'm stoked I am super happy with yes right again that's that's the powerful thing about those pictures right is it and it's exactly true what you said before about Jason. I look at pictures of myself or old pictures or people, my friends are like, you never look like that. But clearly you did because the picture evidence says that is a lie. The picture evidence says, no girl, you were all of that and a bag of chips, right? Yeah. And now you look at these pictures and you're like, wow, I guess it really doesn't matter what size it is. I, it matters that it's smaller than what it was before. But what matters is that I finally see myself in those pictures. I recognize myself. That is me. That's what I thought I always looked like, right? It's when all of a sudden what I thought in reality become one. And you're just like, oh my well, God, I didn't my, realize. Even my friends start to say stuff like that. Like the, the close friends, they're like, dude, I just didn't even, it never clicked that you looked yeah. that. Like it is that. Because we talk about that. We talk about the people, people see us for what they want to see because they love yeah. us and they care. Yeah. So. I mean, they're not going to come up to you every day and be like, damn, Patty, what's up? Like, yeah. When are you going to stop? Like, yeah. Yeah. Stuff like that. But I mean, it's just, it's just a difference in now that, now that they see the, like when I put those morph videos up and they look and they're just like, damn, like you can't believe that you've been through all that and now you look yeah. like you are now. I just, yeah, it's. Yep. Yep. Definitely so, Yeah. So Sarah, what, what are your pre-op steps? So today was your first consultation. So what's kind of, what's on the horizon for you uh, until you get a surgery date? So I do my um, like psych eval on Monday. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I had to call and be like, hey, my Zoom link uh, <laughs> today. Uh-huh. So I do that Monday and then I um, do my nutritionist appointment. Um, I believe that is, do you remember that's on the 30, it's on the 31st in the month. Okay. Um, so we're, they were kind of like alluded to like maybe surgery around May. 
Oh, uh, wow. That's a very quick turnaround yeah. for well, some she, people. If she's like me in the way that mine work, she'll get through, they'll probably give her a surgery date when she gets done with her psyche valve. Because that's how oh. it worked for me. I had my psyche valve done. And then they were just like, hey, you want to come and do this this day? And I was like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was just, it was right there. So yeah, yeah. I could definitely see her having it in May. Yeah. Okay. I am. Um, yeah. Because I, well, and I, I guess the thing is, is because, you know, I, I had the referral before that my insurance kicked it back. And so literally we've been planning to change healthcare providers um, or, you know, for the last year. So, mm-hmm. you know, any of my regular doctor's appointments, like when she's changing my medication, things like that, you know, and I always remind her like, oh, guys, exercise. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. we need so it's mm-hmm. on my notes. So my surgery gets approved. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like it's kind of been a multi-year journey because yeah, my first referral was back in 2017, 2018, mm. something like that. Okay. Um, so yeah, I mean, I I hopefully have two years of notes that document everything that needs to be documented and yeah. Um, so I, I would say that's one thing if if um anybody that's like <clears throat> really even they're considering it and like maybe they're not ready to get the referral yet, like still make sure you're talking to your regular doctor. I mean, like your mm-hmm. regular PCP, like mm-hmm. when you're seeing them because um even if you're on the fence and you don't have to come you know like you're ready to commit but they're yeah. going to look at those past like they want six or our insurance anyway wants six appointments mm-hmm. uh, which i think is kind of the common number it is uh, yes yep yep yeah so having those co- like starting those conversations yeah yep always powerful mm-hmm. always powerful well and and just to be your own advocate right if you are not g- great being your own advocate, now is the time to figure out how you are going to become great at that because you really do need to be the loudest voice, the squeakiest wheel. You need to stand up for what you want, you know, in your future. And that's hard for some people, but yeah, or find the time- a support person that's going to do that for you. If you can't do it, you need to find somebody that's going to be the bulldog for you. Yeah, that's yes. And I think we've always done that for each other. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember, and I don't even know if we were married yet. But there was like something wrong with my cell phone and we had to go to the store. And you mm. know, like how you prepare yourself to have to yes. be like disgruntled. Yes. And so I was like psyching myself up because we're waiting forever. And like the guy comes by and like, he just totally jumps in. He was like, hey, this is not okay. Like you need to fix your phone and you're going to stop saying it's it's the, it's, you know, it, it's the phone. You're going to replace it. There's six other people in here right now. They're all here for the same problem and we're not leaving until you get it taken care of. And I was just kind of like, oh. <laughs> okay i don't have to do that anymore all right i'll, I'll be over here i'll be over right. here um, right. but exactly it's the same way like for him like i will immediately go into that for him too yeah so i yeah. think that's one place we're really fortunate is like we kind of or like we do that for each other people mm-hmm. are probably like oh god i did not want to see them coming uh, <laughs> but you know that's fine if, if your reputation precedes you it just means you can get in and out quicker right it's like all right here we go 
there you know let's do this oh my goodness well you guys thank you so much for it sounds weird to say sitting down with us today because like jason we are east to west but so you're fine sarah it's so nice to like meet you in this capacity and i'm so excited to just continue to check in with you along this journey so many people want to know what it's like to go through this process so the fact that we got to talk to you on day one and we we'll, we have basically unlimited access to you uh, moving forward <laughs> I do. I know a guy. I know a guy. <laughs> yeah, Wonderful. this is well, awesome. I really appreciate it. Um, I mean, I just, I'm totally like just supported and excited um, about, you know, what I'm getting ready to go through, what you guys are doing for everybody else. Um, and I just really love that, um, you know, this, you guys have found a way to do this and like outside of a therapeutic model um mm -hmm. and and kind of keep this going um and because i also hear you guys have that therapy conversation a lot oh yeah and, um so that's you know like the therapist <laughs> the therapist part of me mm -hmm. is like you know yes like if this is not enough for you you may mm -hmm. need more and that's mm -hmm. okay and mm -hmm. so like i absolutely love that you guys are just kind of having like the whole um i don't know whole enchilada sort of you know conversation and with everybody with what you guys are doing so we 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 try that. we well thank you yeah we <laughs> uh we we just want people to know that you know you really can't get through this alone it's not designed to be gotten through alone it's designed mm -hmm. to be it's designed to get through with with help and i don't really care what that help looks like for you i just want you to have it because i want you to find the the happiness in this great feeling that jason and i have found and if we can help facilitate that then that that's our goal right like we're not saying that our recipe is the best way to to bake your life but we're saying that if you listen or you see my recipe and you see jason's recipe there might be pieces that you want to take from it to make your own recipe and that that's what this is all about we just want we just want people to to find success and to find happiness after after bariatric surgery because it's it can be a really great existence it's, it's a great existence before but it can be just that much better after so i'm excited i'm ready i'm excited oh i can see we can see it yes it, it is it's going to be a very good thing well, my friend, you want to take us out of our own episode? <laughs> I do. I do. I just want to, you know, tell, tell Sarah thank you for joining us today for coming on the way from across the hall and uh, making that long trek to be on the on the pod today. Now, I just uh, appreciate everybody for tuning in, liking, subscribing, sharing, doing all the things that you guys do to help us keep doing what we're doing. Can't thank you guys enough because you know helping you guys helps us. We say this constantly, but it's only because it's so true. Um, you know, we're, we're inspired by you guys every single day, which helps us, you know, to continue to inspire you. So we appreciate it and continue to do what you do. We'll continue to do what we do and all the ways that we do it. And just remember that you've got a, or, ha, ha, the first time I messed that up, you've got this, we've got you, and we'll see you next time. <laughs> I'm going to give you a pass because it's your one year surge anniversary. You get a pass today. I'm just too no damn more. excited. That's what it is. <laughs> Out of 50 episodes this is the first one I've messed up. So I got to say, that's, that's pretty good. My own damn catchphrase I came up with on my own and I messed it up. It's apropos. It's apropos. Yeah. All right, you guys. Thank you so much for watching, listening, tuning in. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye, guys. Bye.